Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And welcome to Life in the Mundane. The podcast that is not afraid to tackle the difficult topics in marriage and parenting from a biblical perspective in hopes of encouraging you to make the most of little moments in these important relationships. Join us each week as we share advice from our unique perspective as second-generation homeschoolers who got married young, had six kids in nine years, and have been through many ups and downs over the last 13 years of marriage. We know that navigating these relationships is not easy, but we also know that if God has called you to it, He will equip you for it. Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast. So today we're really going to be wrapping up this first season. We do have one more episode coming out after this, but uh, it's really more of a Q&A where we'll be getting some questions. So this is really a wrap up to our first season. And speaking of questions, if you guys have any questions you want to ask us about biblical parenting, marriage, maybe episodes we've done thus far and you want to clarify questions or anything you want to talk about, send those questions. And today is the deadline, the day that this podcast is releasing, March 21st. We want to make sure we're able to answer those. And um, so if you guys can get those to us, you can email us at lifeinthemundane at gmail.com or send it to us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at Life in the Mundane. But today we thought as we wrap up this season, we would really try to give you guys some tangible things to be able to take a lot of the things we've talked about throughout the season and kind of wrap it up nicely together for you. Throughout this season of the podcast, we have talked a lot about many different seasons that God has brought us through. Some have been harder than others. We've talked about seasons of anxiety and depression. We've talked about seasons of of struggles in our marriages or in our parenting. But in reality, what we hope has been the overarching theme for you as you've listened to all of this is not how great our tips are or how wonderful of parents our marriage is, but rather that you've walked away seeing the faithfulness of God through all of this. Yes, the faithfulness of God in every season. And really today what we want to just remind you of is that God has set aside a time for all these seasons and is there with us as we walk through those seasons. As far as God setting aside a time for those, I'm going to read Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. How do you prepare to walk through all these seasons that this birth, these verses talk about? God has given us different times in our lives that we're to go through. Well, let's look at how we can walk through a few of them. Yeah. So in the seasons of hard, those seasons of trial, there are lots of things that we can do during those seasons. But I think the the greatest reminder is to look at James 1, 2 through 4 that says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. The thing is, the Bible talks not just in this verse, but in many verses about the fact that as Christians, we are going to face trials. We are going to come up on hard times. And we need to be able to count 
that as joy. That's so much easier said than done when you're dealing with a rebellious child or you're dealing with struggles in your marriage, when you're dealing through financial hardships, whatever God might be calling you through, you have to understand that finding joy in those situations for the very reasons that are stated in James is that know that you can count it joy because for you know that the testing of your faith, and that's what those trials are, is the testing of your faith, that it produces steadfastness. It helps us to grow in our walk with God. It helps us to be complete, to be able to rely on him. And we can count that as joy, even if the season, even if the situation, the circumstances are really rough, even if it feels like there's no way out, we know that we can count on God to use this to help us draw us closer to him. Romans 5 talks about this as well in verses two through four. It says, through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We have to remember that we are not alone in these trials and in these hard times. So as we remember that, we need to be giving thanks to God, not only in the midst of these trials, but for these trials and reminding ourselves of God's faithfulness. God is building us up uh, through these trials. And we've talked about that in past episodes. We've mentioned our blessings box and that came out of a season of great trial and has continued to be something that helps us to point back to that thankfulness and and reminding ourselves of God's faithfulness, taking the opportunity to write down the things that God has done for you. When God answers prayers, write it down. Look back in the Bible and see how God has proven himself faithful over and over and over again in the Old Testament and the New Testament. See how he's provided himself faithful, proved himself faithful in your life as well. Yeah, we, and we can see how God uh, proves his faithfulness in 1 Peter 5.10. says, after you have suffered a little while, then the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him to be the dominion forever and ever. Also, we see this in John 16, 33. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. We may not be able to face our trials alone, but we can face them in Christ. Part of being able to face them in Christ is putting our minds on the correct things. We need to be mindful of what we are feeding into our minds. Yeah, we see that in Psalms 1. This is one of Mark's favorite passages. But blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And it's that idea that we can be like trees firmly planted in God's word. We can be firmly planted in the truth. We need to be seeking the truth, being careful of what we put into our minds. During seasons of hard, it can be very tempting to want to veg out. (laughs) At least I know that's the case for us oftentimes. After you've had a hard day, after you've been through 
really stressful seasons, you just want the ability to put your mind on something stupid or silly. And while, you know, it's not necessarily wrong in and of itself to enjoy maybe listening to a podcast or watching a show, we need to make sure that especially in those seasons of hardship, that we are bathing ourselves in scripture constantly, that we are listening to the Bible, that we are reading the Bible, that we are studying the Bible, we are listening to sermons. And along with that, that we are seeking biblical community, that we are actively involved in our local church, that we don't just fall into the temptation to withdraw. It can be easy, I think. Oh, it can be so easy to withdraw into ourselves to, well, I'm alone. I don't need anybody else or no one else understands. Um, and whether or not people understand, that doesn't matter. We're, we're told to bear one another's burdens. Mm-hmm. The church is told to bear your burdens with you, and you are called to bear theirs with them. And the thing is, is that it's not other people that are going to change your situation or your circumstances. So they don't have to understand exactly what you've been through. All they need to do is to come alongside you and to commit to pray for you. And the thing is, God understands all the burdens. God understands everything you're going through. So having those believers coming together, you know, where two or more are gathered in my name, you know, I will be there. God is wants us to come alongside each other and be able to pray for each other. And I think that it's so easy. We can get frustrated by people, especially when you're going through hardship. I remember that when we were going through everything with Rachel and we were in and out of the hospital a lot and there were a lot of wonderful people that came around us and supported us. There were a lot of people who came and provided meals and helped out financially. Those who came and offered words of encouragement. But also what happened during that season is there were people who said things where they were trying to be encouraging and it was not helpful. (laughs) There were people who came along and, and would say things that would make me downright angry at times because they were trying to be encouraging and trying to be helpful and, and they didn't always do it right. And it can be easy when people do those things, when they say things unintentionally or sometimes intentionally that are hurtful, especially when you're going through hardship to want to just completely withdraw. But we have to understand that God has provided community for a reason that we are sinners in need of God's grace. So sometimes people are going to say things that are the wrong thing in that moment. But the the fact that your church and the people around you can come alongside you and pray for you is well worth putting yourself out there, even if it's not always 100% the encouragement that you're hoping for. Yes, uh, we can see in Romans 12, just it says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, but be consistent in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality, patient in your tribulations, persistent in your prayers, and contributing to the needs of the saints. Absolutely. And we really, we really see that theme of prayer over and over and over again, constantly, whether you're in the good seasons or in the hard seasons. But I think it's incredibly important that we remember that we don't withdraw from our God either. Just like we don't withdraw from other people, we don't withdraw from God because, again, he has proven himself faithful. Philippians 4, 4 through 6, um, 4 through 8 even actually talks about this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonable let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And I think it's so important that we go to God in prayer. That's how we fight off those anxious thoughts. That's how we fight off those hard seasons. But then the the bottom part of that verse is talking about focusing on what is true. And that's that's the last thing we want to say about in the hard seasons is we need to remind ourselves of the truth and the lies. Think about what is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If anything is excellent, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Put those things in your mind, even if the situations of life are hard and difficult. One of the big truths that especially when you're in these difficult times and feeling alone that you need to hear and you need to remember is that God will be with you even in, through your temptation, even through those difficult times where you're tempted to sin. First Corinthians ten thirteen says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can flee from through him. And with that, that's, that is God will not allow you to be tempted to be hardened and angry during these seasons. He will not allow you to be tempted to be despondent or fall into a, a depression or despair. Yeah, he is with us through each of these seasons. I think it's also important with this to make sure we're teaching our kids about the truth that there will be hardships, there will be trials, to teach them that because they're going to encounter that in the future and to help them walk them through several of these steps, how to count it joy, how to be thankful, how to seek biblical community, the importance of persistent prayer, the importance of reminding themselves of the truth, because this is a, this is probably the most needed skill. We talk a lot about making sure our kids know how to read or that they know how to write or talking about making sure they know how to do laundry. But in reality, understanding how to hold fast to Christ in the midst of trials is probably the best life skill you could give your children. Yes. Teaching them that when they're really, when they're in these difficult times, get on their knees, pray, get in the word, read, be with God. If they're married, get with their spouse, pray with their spouse, pray with those around them. And I would say memorizing verses, I'm just being with the Lord. So what about in seasons of plenty? Uh, that first passage that we read in Ecclesiastes talked a lot of, about difficult times and good times. Well, in seasons of plenty, what are we to be doing? Seasons of plenty can be wonderful, glorious times. You don't have as many stressors on you. You don't have as many worries on you. We can rejoice in that. We should rejoice in that. But we also can become very complacent in those times. Um, seasons of Plenty, I actually heard, uh, I wish I remembered his name so I could quote him, but a pastor telling the story of, uh, but he gave an example of the time he and his wife were the closest with the Lord and their prayer life was the best was when they did not know how they were going to pay their electric bill. Mm -hmm. I say, because when they have plenty of money, you're not paying, you're not praying about, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. You're not praying about every little thing. When you have plenty, it's so easy to become consumed with, well, I've got this and not think about the one who's enabling you to do this. Absolutely. And on the flip side too, we can tend to hoard um, physically, 
emotionally, mentally, when we have come out of a season of hardship and things start to turn around and look good, we can tend to want to um, kind of circle the wagon, so to speak, and to keep everything really close to us, not to share in fear of, well, what if I need it again? What if um, financially I run into a hard time again? So I should just save up as much as physically possible so that I don't ever have a need for anything ever again. I'll say Jesus talks very directly about this type of thing in Luke when he has the parable of the rich man and the rich man who gathers all his grain and it's more than what he he can fill into his barn. So he's tear down his barns, he rebuilds new ones, fills them up, and God says, why did you waste your time and your efforts on stocking up for yourself for many years, for your coming to me tonight? And it's one of those, we're not... Please know we're not saving. That saving is a bad thing. Saving is being financially responsible is a good thing. Hoarding is what we're talking about. Being selfish with your money, not giving to those in need. And it's it's also a matter of the heart issue behind the saving. Yes. Are we saving because we're afraid God won't provide in the future? Or are we saving so that we can spend generously on others? You know, there's, there's a big attitude adjustment of like, are we saving so that I can be in control of the situation? I will never get back to this place ever again. Well, and it's really unique because another verse that is commonly talked about comes immediately after the passage of this parable. It's Luke 12, 22 through 34. And he said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will put on for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouses nor barn. And yet God feeds them. Of how much more valuable are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of his life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? O you of little faith, and do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. This verse is often used about seeking the kingdom of God and not worrying about it when you're in times of want. But it's so interesting that this is talking about immediately after the parable of the rich man about storing up when he has a time of plenty. Another passage that is commonly brought up when we're talking about this idea of not storing up too much is in Matthew 6, 19. It talks about, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And along, just like the Luke passage, you know, we're followed up with talking a lot about do not be anxious. And at the end of that section, he talks about, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. If I understand that everything that we have, that we own, the love that we have in our family, the money we have in our bank accounts, that the blessings that God has poured out on us have come from him and through him, we will understand that we don't need to hoard it 
because we understand that he will provide it when it is needed. The Bible talks about my grace is sufficient for you, for thee, that he gives us exactly what we need in that day, that he gives us exactly that. We don't have to have extra because it's not like our God will not be the same God who is faithful tomorrow. Yes, we can remember what God has done for us in providing, like like the verse we read in Luke about providing for the birds of the air, the lilies of the field, the grass. Say, God's done all that, and how much more does he love us that he will provide for us? Um, All that we see that is good is because of God. Um, We don't want to get comfortable and start relying on our own wealth, on our own possessions, on our own strength, which is such an easy temptation to do in times of plenty. And And start, even if it's not an intentional thinking, I don't need God, but allowing ourselves to forget where these things are coming from. And so that's why both of us think it's so important to have those times, those daily times of thankfulness in seasons and want or um, in seasons of not in seasons of hardship or seasons of plenty. We need to have those times that we're thankful, that we remember that every little thing has come from God. Um, we also want to prepare for the hard seasons ahead. Just because you've been through one trial does not mean that's it. Very rarely is a human being going to go through only one trial in their life. And so we need to be preparing for those seasons ahead where it is hard, not in storing up earthly things, not in hoarding um, those things that give us the comforts of this world, but by storing up treasures in heaven, by storing up things um, like God's word, his truths. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Yeah, that we would um, really focus on the character of God, that we would take the opportunity to understand who God is, what he has done, that we would be able to memorize scriptures, that we would be able to take the time to memorize hymns or different worship songs. I always think of Corey Tim Boone and Betsy who were in the concentration camp and before they had gotten a, um, a very coveted copy of a New Testament, they had they didn't have God's word with them, but they took the opportunity to recite verses that they had memorized and to sing different scriptures or different hymns that they had learned. And they had that with them, even in the midst of those difficult times to help them get through. And so I think that's a great thing that we can do ourselves and with our children is constantly giving them those things to store up in their hearts that will help them through those hard seasons. And the last point we want to make in our seasons of plenty is when God has given you much, he's given you much that you can share it. It's not just for yourself. Um, God has given these things. When we were in times of really deep hardship, um, we let our friends and our church know what our struggles were, whether it was just prayer, needing prayer support or whether it was a financial support or that type of thing. Our church rallied around us. They prayed for us. And they also help providing for us. I say, I would always be so embarrassed when Katie would post on Facebook a struggle. <laughs> when Katie would post on Facebook, something went wrong or we are having trouble paying for this. We're, but what always sits out in my head is a refrigerator went out. And Katie put on Facebook, does anybody have a used refrigerator we could buy? Because ours went out. We're looking for something. We didn't have much money. We could not afford a refrigerator at that point in time. And a couple hours later, um, a friend from church called and said, what kind of refrigerator do you want? And we're saying, and Katie goes, um, a working one, one. Works. <laughs> something, yeah. something that 
keeps things cold and like, oh yeah, yeah, we understand. But what what style do you want? We're at, we're at the store right now. Yeah, and they brought us a brand new refrigerator. It was insane. And and God's that's how the body of Christ is meant to work. And so we need to in those hard hard seasons, we need to allow others to be the body of Christ and to help and come alongside us. And then in those seasons of plenty, we need to be able to make sure we're doing the same. Now we do want to caveat this with saying that just because you're going through a hard season does not mean that you cannot minister to other people. Oh no, not at all. Ministering is not pulling out your checkbook. It is not going out and buying someone a new refrigerator necessarily. Or that's not the only way to do it. Exactly. The reason we started with prayer with this is that is the best thing and the first thing you can do for ministering for someone is start on your knees praying yes and i think that's something maybe we missed in talking about hardship it can be very easy to become self-focused and self-reflective of what's going on and thinking that our struggle is is so enormous and we're you know in the worst position but i think remembering to pray for others can really help us to gain perspective it's not the idea that someone else out there is always worse off than you it's not the idea of comparing it's the idea of ministering to one another it's the idea of reaching out and realizing that you know, God is bigger than all of these situations, that there are other brothers and sisters in Christ who are struggling with things and being able to come alongside them and pray for them in their need when you're in need can minister to both of you greatly. So in all of this, we just want to say whatever season God has called you to take joy in it, be thankful and remember who God is. Whether the season is of little things or big things, hard things or easy things, we want you to be able to be constantly pointed back to Christ in all of these things. And really, we want to be an encouragement to you. If you need prayer, let us know. We want to pray for you. Email us, uh, lifeinthemundane at gmail.com. We want to know. Send us a message on Instagram or Facebook. We want to pray for you. Like to say, uh, it's been great doing this. This has been a blessing to us to do this podcast for this season. And Lord willing, we will be back in about three months with season two. So until then, we'll see you later. Yeah, we'll see you later. Bye. Thanks again for listening. If you found this helpful, we would love for you to share the podcast and leave a review as it helps spread the word so that hopefully more families can be encouraged to make the most of the little moments in their marriage and parenting. Talk to you again next week. Bye.